Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. And Moshi, you can be unkind sometimes too. <laughs> How dare you evoke the Kathy Hilton and speak to me that way? How dare you? Oh, we're going to go there, are we? <laughs> And now you're flipping it and you're being Rina. It's very weird. It's very, it's very Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> That's, do, you, do you know what Jekyll Hyde and Hyde is? I feel <laughs> like, wow, Jesus, Google it. Um, but, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm feeling a bit like a busted biscuit. Oh. <laughs> this week has taken a toll. I'm feeling like a busted biscuit. So I just want to apologize in advance if I'm not on the ball. Moshi, like, I don't know how these episodes that aired this week did not give you life. You know what it is? I feel like more like they sucked the life. Oh, no. I don't feel invigorated. I don't feel rejuvenated. But that could just be life just in general coupled with it was just so much this week. We wrapped up the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Beverly Hills was one for the history books. And we kicked off Salt Lake City, which I know you're not really vibing it, but Salt Lake City is kind of like our North Star. It was, we, it's what we launched this podcast off the back of season one of Salt Lake City. So even if you're not vibing with it, Surely it's got to hold a special place in your heart. I mean, Moshi, that that really does mean that we are entering our third year of doing this podcast. Well, not yet, because Salt Lake City is starting a few months earlier than it normally starts, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. But yeah. crazy. It's crazy. And it's all because our ladies from New York have officially been gone a year now. Good riddance. No, you don't mean that. Yeah, I do. Okay. I We need to unpack that at some point. I need New York to come back. Okay. Well, you know what? I got the word on the street for you, Moshi, and let's kick it off in New York because there was a a potential name for the, the reboot, relaunch, ultimate... Ultimate Housewives of New York City, which is the the legacy the legacy show. Oh, off the back of Ultimate Girls Trip, obviously, it's the Ultimate Housewives of New York City. the The ten episode, you know, OGs all come back to BMS. Okay, now, like, if they do style it as part of the Ultimate kind of franchise, it makes sense. Okay, but also, if there are certain women on this cast and you give them the title of Ultimate Housewives, I think we are all doing a disservice to ourselves by doing that. Like, does Ramona Singer need to be an Ultimate Housewife? So I'm going to say something very controversial. You know, I'm not vibing. I, I don't vibe with the Ramona co-star, the, sting, the singer stinger. 
turtle time extraordinaire. Except for um, what you're about to say, yes. Okay. In the context of an ultimate Housewives of New York City, because it's like, it's just like Geordie Shaw, but old ladies. Do you know what I mean? Like Geordie <laughs> Shaw, but old ladies. All we're going to get is Ramona just in the Hamptons or wherever they're going to be locked in a house for 10 days together. I'm here for that chaos as long as there are no people of colour in it that have to live and deal with Ramona. I'm okay. Just segregate it. I'm done. I'm good. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I think there's still, like, there's still so many, like, back and forths over the, what the cast is actually meant to look like. I've seen suggestions Ramona is in it. I've seen suggestions she's not. Yeah. I've seen, like, Bethany shows up every now and again in some of I, these, like, potential I think, casts. I think for this sort of style I could see Bethany popping in and popping out I could even see well Carol's probably not going to come back but you know justice for Jules bring back Cindy Barsham like for these small sorts of like if it's only 10 episodes I, I reckon do it bring them back bring back my girls all right well we'll have to see about that um well let's go to the other the other sinking ship Beverly Hills is it um, sinking there I feel like I feel like it has rescued itself. Uh, I don't know. Um, Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi's home, um, Pasadena, sold this week for seven point five million dollars, which was ten million dollars less than I think what it originally had listed for. Um, they got and, victims to pay. Yeah, but I was going to say I'm probably about thirty million dollars less than what the the total value is of that entire land and that property. That is like a $50 million, like if you're thinking of the land and everything that's on it, because it's it, it's insane how much they have lost out by just not doing the right thing. Do you think they'll turn it into a Lion Air crash museum? Patrizio, that is in poor taste. But you know what? That like in that's what it should be that's what it should be you know commandeered for like turn the turn the the criminals the alleged criminals house into a museum of the people that he he robbed so what i was thinking would happen is muhammad hadid would buy it bulldoze it and build a new property or it would even be better if maritzio's the agency had bought it or the Hiltons had bought it, like... That's well, you know, Muhammad Hadid had to, like, knock down the last mansion that he was building. Of course. Because it was, like... He'll be... And you know what? He built another one the next day. He's fine. Okay. Um, and in other Beverly Hills news, we had uh, Garcelle and Andy Cohen. I guess he's not from Beverly Hills, but it's... <laughs> Garcelle is... <laughs> Um, they went to the White House last week. Booked and busy. For, well, we can't find the post now, but we're pretty sure it was for the night when Hope and History Rhyme, which ended up being this moment where Joe Biden gave Elton John the medal for something. Really enjoying you trying to figure this out. This is great. And the well, the moral to the story is Garcelle was there, Brian Jenkins was not. Neither was Lisa Rinna, neither was Erica Jane. Mm. Neither was Sutton. Who's relevant? I'm sure Sutton was just busy that night. 
Who's friends with Elton John? Diana. And then we're going to talk about it. So, I mean, Garcelle is clearly housewife number one right now with Andy Cohen for them to go together. Were they together or they just were seen together? No, no, I think they were together. I think, like, it just speaks to Garcelle is having her renaissance. Garcelle is having that rise that kind of Rinna had and... um, who was the other actress? Oh my god, I'm Denise Richards. Oh, well, not Denise Richards. Eileen. I was gonna say, like they all had this resurgence when they came back on how, like when they came resurrected their careers on something like Housewives. So I'm happy for Garcelle. Good for her. Moving to Atlanta, we yeah. there's there's been a lot of casting news. Let's call it. Yes. So we found out that the women have returned to filming. Or they were about to return this coming Monday. Um, apparently, the first um, event of the season is Sonia's husband Aaron's fortieth birthday party. Is his name Aaron? Are you going to die on that hill? Is it not Aaron? So Ross, which is adjacent to Aaron, <laughs> that has an R and an O. No, their last name is Ross, but I'm hundred percent sure his first name is not Ross. Is not Aaron. Can you not like? Oh, I'm googling it because this needs to be fact checked. Yes, his name oh, is Aaron Ross. Who calls him Aaron? No, can you can you not gaslight me like that? <laughs> I apologize for gaslighting you like that, but I did also. You need to. You need to think, Moshi. Why? Why did you do that? Okay. I did also hear you say filming instead of filming. <laughs> and you you now, have a black heart, Moshi. I do have a black heart. I was going to say that. And now I can't unhear you saying filming. Well, that's it. That's all you're going to hear. Um, so there's the 40th birthday. We've got a new potential housewife slash maybe friend of Janelle Stevens joining the cast, which I think... At the end of last season, everyone was kind of like, there needs to be a seventh player in this mix. Um, just to spice it up a little bit. Good luck to them. I mean, they can keep adding ladies, but they've just got to figure it out. Um, and in all of this, Sheree becomes the first OG to make it to season 15 of any Housewives franchise because Vicky Gumbelson made it to 14 and got fired. So. Yes, but Candy will be the longest continuous housewife, which to me is, it's a better run. I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's sort of like, yeah, Sheree made it to season 15, but what does that actually mean when she's been on the show three times and had all these like, hey, it's like, exactly. yeah, it's, it's an achievement, I guess. I mean, look. Everyone gets a medal for something. So. Well, she's the first housewife to come back three times. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's another that's another award. <laughs> um, and this is like an interesting one. The word on the street in the OC is that Heather Dubrow has not been filming the last couple of weeks because there are cheating rumors alleging that Terry Dubrow was having an affair and so heather doesn't want to film during this time because she knows that the other ladies on the cast and i think specifically tamra <laughs> will bring up 
the cheating allegations on camera and she just doesn't want to be part of it. You think? Um, I kind of don't believe that that's it. I do believe something else is happening because we're definitely getting a lot of people like citizen reporters, boots on the ground, showing what's been filmed for the OC, especially out and about. And um, I'm seeing a lot of everybody else put, and I'm seeing the Trace Amigas, which I'm sure you're going to cover. Um, but we're not seeing any Heather and we haven't seen her for weeks. Maybe she's getting a new face for the new season. Maybe. Or Terry botched. Not that. <laughs> I had to just throw that in there. Do you think, like, truly, the way this family is so in the public eye, and especially after what happened with, like, Terry getting sued, you know, inverted commas last year, do you really think that Terry DeBrow would be that dark? I don't think it's, if it's an affair, I don't think it's, like, a recent affair. I think it's an affair from years ago and somebody's bringing it up. I think, though, that men in power or maybe not in power, but, like, wealthy wealthy men, men who are, you know, well, I guess he, in power in the sense of, like, he's an extremely successful plastic surgeon who has a lot of, yeah, public, you know, he's a public, a man of the public, in the public eye, that's what I want to say. I think that sort of you think that you're you're able to get away with things, right? I I know that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. So I think sometimes that that overrides the the other thing, which is like I'm so in the public eye that like how could I not get caught? So I would normally 100% believe you because, I mean, look at Jay-Z. He was dumb enough to do it. But I just think that Heather and Terry have like such a specific brand. Like I actually think their relationship is super transactional. I don't think that it's very sexual or romantic I wouldn't be surprised if they had like an open relationship I just to me they seem like a couple that is very much like everything is contractual right you know what I mean like so my thing is like how would I just feel like if they were having like extra marital affairs and I think this would happen on both sides or relationships I feel like they would have been consensual like they both would have known about it and the issue is that now other people know because they would have wanted it hidden. So I don't know. For me, I just don't feel like cheating just feels like the wrong thing. But I'm, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I mean, look, I have not seen Heather. All I see is Tamara and Taylor Armstrong. They're the only two that I have seen with these, like, public reports. Vicky? Did you not see that Vicky was being filmed this week? Um, yeah, okay, but, like, am I surprised by it? No. Like, we knew that Tamara was going to bring back Vicky in some capacity. Like, But I think we all, like, I think we all knew that Tamara was going to try to bring back Vicky, but I really thought Vicky was going to be too stubborn to come back. So I feel like Ultimate Girls Trip softened her a little bit. I don't know. Look, let's see if it makes it off the cutting room floor. Okay. Well, we've all seen it now, so we're all going to be expecting it, and that's going to get the ratings up. They need it. Um, and we're going to close out on some some sad news for some, but not for some others. But Teresa Judice was evicted, was this eliminated. This is the week, Patrizia. I can't believe you've stolen it. 
The beef. Last week, there's no, the because beef there's no beef to be had, Moshi. I have a beef. What's the beef that she was eliminated for being a bad dancer? I have a beef with Dancing with the Stars. Here we go. What's your beef? How dare they kick her out two weeks in? It is, I'm telling you, this is the highbrow culture thinking that Teresa Judice on Dancing with the Stars is too lowbrow and they had a vendetta against her. I watched her dance this week. She was a bit stiff in the beginning, but, you know, two-thirds into the dance, she was good. There was no need to evict her. Okay, but also, like, I think, like, I don't really remember how Dancing with the Stars, like, works, but I feel like... Uh, Just remind remind us how young you are. Okay. But I feel like the premise is, though, that you kind of get eliminated based on the previous week's performance. It's not really about the current week. That That's you- not at all how Dancing with the Stars works. It is a dance context test. You do a dance, there are four judges, and they literally score you. If you get the lowest score, you're off. That's how it works. Yeah, but I feel like what, I don't know, because didn't everyone vote last week? So, like, what was the point of dancing last week? This is just my my question about everything. Anyway, the point is, Teresa Judice is convinced that Len Goodman set yes. out from her, and he the, did from the beginning. Because what happens is, it's like on X Factor or something. You know, like when you you know on X Factor, if you get three X's, you're off, right? So if you already see that two X's have happened, you've got the power. So if you already know what the two scores are that she's already received and you have a vendetta out for her, you can do whatever score you want to get the to get the result that you want. I think we all just have to accept that, you know, it just it wasn't great. And did you watch any of the other dances? I don't care about the other dances. Well, then how can you know that she was not any better than anyone Robert, else? Your tree hugger card needs to be revoked. Ooh, I'm, not okay. I'm not even a tree hugger. Well, anyway, that was my beef of the week. It is with Dancing with the Stars. I just think Teresa on dance, they are, they're going to lose so many viewers now. Trust me. If they had kept Teresa on, all of New Jersey was going to be watching. Well, it's all on Disney Plus anyway, so they don't even look at ratings, I'm sure. There's ratings, honey. There's ratings. Anyway, that was my beef of the week. Well, now that the beef of the week is concluded, Moshi, we can get into this week's episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's part three of the season 14 reunion. Probably one part too many. (laughs) You think? (laughs) But... I feel like there were some important things that came out of this reunion. Like what? Okay. I want to say that I feel Sheree's performance and I'm inclined to agree. And my, my, this is my, like, I don't know, is it a hot take or is it just some bullshit that I'm going to spin this week? Wait again. What was your hot take? Well, I haven't said it yet. I'm about oh. to say it. I feel that Sheree is a relic of Housewives' time gone by. Like, I just think that she is not what a housewife currently should be. And for me, it's more in 
her mentality, her philosophies on life and playing a housewife character. And I say this thinking about the gay rumours that she has been throwing out this year with Drew's husband. Because I feel like as a society, we have moved beyond this whole like calling people gay and either outing them, right, like outing them before like, you know, they were ready to make that announcement or whatever on their own or also just like using like using someone's sexuality as like a device to like try and undermine them, like just assassinate their character and all the rest of it. Like it just to me is an extremely poor taste. And it's something that you would have seen on TV 10 years ago and nobody would have said anything. But I think in today's day and age, like don't we know better that we don't do this shit anymore? I just think that, yeah, Sheree, like, and and she was just so, she's like, so stubborn about it as well. Like she really wanted to like make a point that she thought that he was gay. I mean, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I actually like I was nodding with you. I think you're absolutely right in the sense of her philosophies are antiquated, but I actually think the philosophies of all the women on Atlanta are antiquated. So I kind of think my thing feeling is that if you apply that rule to Sheree, you can you apply it to all of them um and i think yeah i think you know ralph did make a very good point of the fact that she used that as like it was something negative and there is absolutely no- nothing negative about being gay um i will say though it was funny patrizio when she did say to him he said you know i'm not gay for a fact and she said but i don't know that for a fact And that is true. As somebody who only deals in facts, you only deal in facts, like that was true. But she says she did believe him that he said he wasn't gay. I know. I'm going to get hate for it. I know. I'm the homophobe right now. I get it. It's just like I see see the humor in it, but it's just like I, I don't know. Like. Because I feel like Sheree has done this before in the past as well. They all have. Yeah, I mean, they definitely all have. But, yeah, they I just. They all have. I think, but, and I agree with you. Like, it, it, you shouldn't be using anyone's sexuality, anyone's gender, anyone's race as, like, the as, a, like, a negative and a way to put them down. I do think, I don't necessarily believe that she perpetuated those rumours throughout the show that was for tomb and that was also that stupid idiot anthony that they hired as their assistant like he's the one that started these rumors um i just think what what sheree does is she just gives things life yeah exactly things i don't agree with you though that she's not right for this show I do think that she has a lot to learn to become a modern housewife, 100%. But I think she was the MVP of the reunion. Was she, though? To me, she was. She was the funniest person. I'm watching Atlanta for the comedy. Okay, so Drew Sedora did an interview this week 
And she said that Thank you, Teddy Mellencamp, because if this is, I'm gonna delete no, this. It wasn't no, it wasn't with Teddy Mellencamp. So she did this interview and she said that, you know, obviously at the end that this the gift was that Sheree brought she by Sheree for all of the women um on the rail, right? Oh, are we, if, are we really calling those hoodies she by Sheree? Well, this is the thing. So apparently they stopped filming. And Sheree went around and collected it all back off everyone and took it away. And that doesn't surprise me. And Drew said she is still yet to receive any she by Sheree. Well, Andy got his. <laughs> what, what? He must be the only person that has she by Sheree. You know I what? Like that. I don't know about you, but I have not seen anyone on Instagram yet wearing any she by Sheree. Correct. We have not seen a single influencer. And once again, that is because She by Sheree is a way of life. <laughs> it is, oh, it is, you know, a thought of living. It is H anon. It is not a tangible thing, okay? And this is, but again, this is like what I mean about like she is a relic of a different period of Housewives because perhaps, again, also 10 years ago, yeah, you would have actually had to have, like, developed a brand and actually had a product on the rest of it. But where we are in, like, our, like, capitalist society is you slap, uh, like, a, an iron-on, like, printer, like, label on a T-shirt and you sell it for 100 bucks on the internet. Like, that's what we're doing. Like, why does Sheree go through this whole venture and then at the end of it, also just end up doing exactly that anyway. It's just, yeah, I think. You know why, Patrizio? For my entertainment. <laughs> Are you entertained? <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I'm entertained by Tyrone. I'm entertained by the fashion with no fashions. I'm entertained by her shade. Like, she's giving me what I come to Atlanta for. I feel like there was not enough discussion around Tyrone. I agree with you. I, I agree that, like, in part one, we didn't go deep enough on the Tyrone. But I suspect a lot of that as well is, like, she's got this new man who apparently is a bit of a, he's not a good dude. Um, but I think she also just didn't want to give Tyrone any more life. Like, she didn't want to give Tyrone any more opportunities to create his own merch and slap, you know, 100 bucks on it and drop sh- ship drop ship that shit i think the other thing that i enjoyed from an entertainment sense was the marlo apology tour jesus christ this damage control she she was on 600 i but you know what i think we've talked about it before i love an apology tour like you gotta make good with everyone to try and like you know it it's 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 just fun to watch. It's like how the mighty have fallen, right? Todd calling her out on her thirstiness. But I don't even know why that's like a bad thing. I'm like, okay, so Marlo could afford to pay for her own trips when everybody else was getting them comped. So she should have always been a housewife because it looks like she always rolls like that. I agree with you. I think that there's this, uh, I feel like Todd's trying to like make it sound like she was like paying, you know, Bravo to be like making appearances or something and all the rest of it. The fact that she just paid for her flights to Africa, like, yeah, she just it shows that she's a baller. 
that she was making an investment. And I think the investment has finally paid off because now she's holding a peach. Like, I don't know. And then she just said when she got there as well, I think she was like, you know, the accommodation was stuff was paid for. Obviously, production just said, yeah, you want to come? We don't have budget for you, but you're welcome to join. It's the same as all these other women. Like, obviously, production pays for, like, economy flights or whatever, right? And then, you know, if the women want to upgrade, that's on their coin or, you know, there's a certain level of hotel or whatever. And if they want the presidential suite, then they pay for the extra. Like, I think that's just how it works. So, Well, I just think like we just don't ever know because different production companies obviously have different budgets, right? So, um, but yeah, but I, yeah, I just agree with you. Like, I don't necessarily think that Marlo paying her own way is a bad thing, especially when they tried to make it seem like a housewife is paying for the whole trip. Do you know what I mean? Because now, now that's ruined. I mean, we knew it wasn't the case, but it's like being confirmed now. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't really like that. But I thought it was just interesting to watch the dynamic between Todd and Marlo because obviously, like, she's trying to, like, keep cool with Todd, but then kind of, like, didn't give a shit about Candy. I think she tried with, with Candy. She apologised. She, I mean, like you said, she went on this apology tour she just sort of was like trying to eat humble pie. I think the thing about Marlo is we just need to wait and see what happens <laughs> next season. And if they are going straight back into filming off the back of the reunion, it's going to be interesting to see how long Marlo can stay high before she goes low. <laughs> like that's the thing with Marlo. It's like, okay, Marlo, we hear you saying it. Now she's going to fuck shit. Up on the show again. I give it four episodes of the new season. Oh, I, I think like if we if we say it's like a sixteen episode show, I'm gonna say six episodes, and then she loses it. it Only because I think they're gonna be trying to see if they can make her lose it. Don't you think? <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. Kenya wants her seat back next to Andy back. And Drew, who is hungry, she wants to sit next to Andy. You you best believe now that Andy has confirmed that for I know he said it's for all franchises, but it's only for some franchises that the people with the most drama get to sit next to him. You watch Drew fuck it all up for everyone. So here's my question for you. In the trailer, there was that scene where uh, Drew is, like, flipping her hair in Sonya's direction, right? But that actually never made it to the reunion. So it was... I don't even remember it in the trailer. It was towards the end of the trailer, but... And and Sonya was like, do that one more time and, like, you know, you'll find out what happens kind of thing to Drew. Yeah. I feel like this is like an a, a current thing that's happening a lot that there are things that are in trailers or previews or whatever but don't make the final cut. Yeah, I think definitely Bravo is trying to steer away from showing conf- conflict that is like more violent and aggressive but then using it to draw us in. I don't like that. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see the Drew hair flip. Like, well, like don't if, 
tease you're me. Gonna, if you're going to tell me there's violence, I need to see it. Okay, well, a hair flip is hardly violence. I mean, it could provoke. No, but I think, I think like the Sonya coming back at Drew, like with the you do like the threats. You know what I mean? Like all that sort of stuff. Like why put it in? Uh, I just I don't to reel you in, Patty. Well, it potentially worked. So apparently, this part of the reunion had the highest ratings of the season, and it eclipsed the the ratings of the final part of the reunion last season as well. Wow. What a letdown for all of us. Tuning in for nothing. Well, did people think that this was the final part where Drew was going to, like, smack Sanya? Or Sanya was going to smack Drew. It's so funny because you're such a Drew fan and I'm, like, not a Sanya fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing Drew getting roughed up a bit. (laughs) I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself on this one. <laughs> the way, like, it's you, like, I think it was, like, last week or the week before, you were the most hated person on this podcast, but this week it's my turn. I love that for me. As Erica Jane would say, Marshy, we all we all have a turn, okay, and this season it's your turn. The way you are quoting all the villains, wow. <laughs> Um, anyway, is there anything else that really caught your eye in this final part of the reunion? No. I'm happy. I think that the women had a fairly decent re-entry back, trying to get back up to that top spot. Good for them. Well done. Yeah, I think this is the thing, right? We needed to have not necessarily a reset season, but I think we just had to have a season where we were kind of just, yeah, resetting a little bit we were kind of like you know re- re-establishing some stuff to set it up for i think the next season which hopefully is better than what we just had but i think overall i'm gonna give this season four peaches out of five four peaches out of five you know what i'll i'll join you four out of five i'm i'm, I'm feeling that yeah i think like you know it could have been better there was Areas of improvement, but you know, Marlo delivered, Trey delivered, Trey delivered, Drew wore a moon boot. Like it just it ticked a lot of boxes. Drew ripped her Achilles. Like people, right, went, so. you know what I mean? No, fair enough. All right, well, Moshi, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, oh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we'll be back talking Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're back from the break, Moshi. Hello. (sighs) Beverly Hills. (laughs) I wish everyone could see the maniacal way that you are, like the way your hands have come together, the way I can see the cogs in your brain turning. I can see the joy, the spark in your eyes because you love chaos and drama. This was a great episode in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I just think, and you know what? It was because there was also a lot less housewives on this episode too. Like there was no Diana. There was no Garcelle. Like that we really, we were at bare bones. 
Dana was in the show. She was in the episode. She was only in it for like two seconds, but she was in the episode. And, and that's what I mean. Like it really, we had, we got, we got meaty chunks. Yeah. And I guess because the episode really centered around one conflict, right? And it's the second last episode of the season as well. Like we are heading towards the final episode. We're heading towards a reunion. Um, it's finally coming to an end. I, okay, so look, it's all about, it's the Kathy Hilton of it all, right? I'm nodding, yes. I, look, I am just, I, I'm beside myself. I don't know what to talk about first. Well, We're gonna talk about- the thing is that Kyle is back. So now that Kyle is back, the what happened in Aspen can actually be addressed. So first of all, Erica hosts this um, pop-up shop event for her new hair extension line that she's dropping. Yeah. I just want to say that obviously one of the things in the Kathy Hilton of it all has been her brand ambassadorship of the tequila. Casa del Santos, I think is what it's called. And... Here again, we have another product that a housewife wants to sell us. But here's the difference. Kathy Hilton isn't a housewife. She's a friend of. And this is the Erica Jane show. Because as you know, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, my perspective has shifted. And I now see Beverly Hills through the lens of Erica Jane being the main protagonist. So in that Moshi, were you offended as I was that Lisa Rinna wore a wig and not the extensions of her bestie. So I'm actually more offended because they're best friends. So I was literally going to say to you, if I was throwing an event for anything and it was something that you could participate in, whether it's something you drink, something you wear, something you do, and you did like the complete opposite or a competitor's thing, we are not friends anymore. I just thought it was such a weird hill for Rina to die on to do that. Like, I just, I don't understand it at all. I think she's so far up her own ass that it's all about how can I center things on me? And Erica is never going to cause conflict with Rina because Rina is the only person who truly has her back and is willing to die on the hill with her. I really thought you were going to say because Rina is bankrolling Erica and her lifestyle. Well, I don't. I don't think. I think if Rina was bankrolling her hair, her lifestyle, she would have worn the hair. I actually. So here's something that I just thought. You know, sometimes when I get my epiphanies, is this a H and on? This is definitely a H and on thing. Now I'm like, I wonder if Rina did it as like a power play to say, "I own you," still, you know. Like, this is how much I can fuck you up. I can be your best friend, your main cheerleader, and not wear your extensions, and you're not going to be offended. Like, she was trying to see, she was trying to test the waters because who likes chaos more than anyone on this show? Lisa Rinna. On a technical question, Moshi. Please. Are you able to put hair extensions into a week? 
Well, there's different types. Well, there's different types. There's weps, which is like a sew-in. So that's like rows of hair that you sew in. Then there's like a lace front, which is what Rinna was wearing, which is a type of wig. So there's hair and you can definitely take like a weft and you can create a wig from the weft. But could could Lisa Rinna have attended this event wearing the wig and then still tried on Erica's hair extensions that were on display? Well, yeah, she could have just taken her fucking wig off and put another one of Erica Jane's hair on. Okay, but you can't put the extension onto the wig. No. I mean, you could sew it in, but it would look dumb. The the wig is a hat. Like, it's a hat. I'm just trying to give Rinna... But you know, like drag queens do so like wigs on wigs on wigs on wigs on wigs. So like it can be done. But the way when you're wearing a wig, you're not wanting to put another wig on that wig. Like that's not gonna work. It was shady. It was Rina. Actually, there is something that I do want to call out. In that same scene, Rina admitted that her outfit that she was wearing, the one of a kind Tom Ford denim suit, was rented. And I have long said that these women, especially Rina, who is coming with a whole new fashion wardrobe this season of looks that she's only wearing once, is renting her wardrobe. Now, personally, I think that that is the right way to go. It's sustainable. It's circular. It's smart. You're not wasting all your money on outfits you're going to wear once. But what it says to me is that Rina is not being her genuine self. She's not being her real self. She is playing a character. And I'm over it. Just thought I'd say, share that. I'm going to, I, I see your criticism of Rina and I raise you. Please. Where she then says that Kathy Hilton is jealous of the Kardashians. <laughs> as she is cosplaying a, a Kardashian. Kardashian. <laughs> I mean... It's it's a formula. They've all done it, you know. Like, not, I, personally, for as a mother, I mean, I'm not a mother, but in my mind I am. And as this mother in my mind, if I had genetically blessed children, I too would be using this platform to make my children models. They've all done it. So I believe in that. Um, but the thing that they need to remember, and this is a bit toxic because it's not good, Kathy Hilton is the original Christiana. And that's the weird thing to me that, like, I honestly don't think that there would be any kind of, like, jealousy between, like, the Hiltons and the Kardashians because the Hiltons in the last couple of years have had their own renaissance as well. So I don't think, like, at this point, Kathy would be sitting there being, like, jealous of Chris Jenner. Like, they're both in great places in their lives. Like, Kathy is also becoming a grandmother and, you know, she's got, like, all her kids and, you know, everyone's doing really well for themselves except for the one son that they never talk about. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? No, Baron, one of them. Yeah, Yeah. the one that they just kind of forget that he... We have to to forget he exists because he keeps fucking around and finding out. He's on drugs and all the rest of it. But, like... Yeah, I just, I don't understand that. And again, like, if you want to talk about, like, projection, like, I feel like it's just a projection of Lisa Rinna's own, like, jealousy or insecurity or whatever it is, like, then it is, like, on Kathy. Um, so, okay, before we go into it, 
because we know that, so this incident has happened in Aspen. And just like before you start breaking it down, I need to understand who, who do you believe, Kathy or Rinna? Uh, and you can believe them both. I'm just, I'm really interested to know, like, where do you land on what you believe happened in Aspen at the club? Like, what are the facts for you? Okay. Online, that's fact. I, the the facts are as follows. According to Patrizia, yes. They go to the Cobra Club or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Kathy Hilton dropped it like it was hot. I don't believe that because if she's dropping it like it's hot, she's not getting back up. She she dropped it like it's hot. She Definitely asked the DJ to play Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. I believe that. I believe that did happen. She definitely wanted to do the conga line to Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. It makes no sense, but... I believe that she was doing the conga line to anything. She was definitely doing lines, but... Oh, (laughs) allegedly, hang on, hang on. Conga lines, conga lines, sorry. Were you doing coke in the bathroom? No. That do not say that she was definitely doing lines unless she was definitely doing line dancing. I will not have you saying that about my Kathy Hilton. No, no. no. She she definitely tried to get the conga line started and, like, couldn't, couldn't, because no one's doing a conga line. No one's doing a conga line, no. I think she got incredibly frustrated at the staff. And I think she got incredibly frustrated at the other women for not engaging with her how she wanted to. And I think it definitely was a matter of altitude, alcohol, exhaustion. Um, and what were, what were all the excuses that she rattled off? It was wide. It was all everything that she rattled off. I want that on a T-shirt. To me, that's the new Tom's calf. No, I mean, I think they were all suffering from, like, you know, incapacity due to altitude. That's my excuse moving forward. When I fuck up, I'm telling people that it was the altitude. I believe that she, you know, got whisked into a car and she did blurt out a lot of crap to Lisa Rinna. I agree. It was a mistake. And I think when she got back to the, the house... Something happened. Was she too drunk and she kind of was stumbling around the house and that's, you know, the glasses fell off her head and she crushed them? Like, perhaps is it she stomped on them on purpose? Like, I don't know. Does it matter? I don't really think so. Like, you're allowed to have one night of poor behaviour, I believe. I think you're allowed to have more than one night. Um, I believe everything that you've said except I believe that what some of the things that we've been told that Kathy said are not like exactly, they're not verbatim what she said. I definitely believe that the truth here has been stretched. And little hatred on for you, I believe that Lisa Rinna was likely riling her up. Like I believe that she was saying, oh, and what about this person? And Kathy was responding. Like I believe that this was a two-way dialogue um, I do also believe that, you know, Kathy, because Kathy's admitted she did say to Rina, like, don't say anything, like keep it to yourself. But I do think that the majority of horrible things that she said were about Kyle. I don't really think she said 
anything about anybody else that was like bad. And that's where I agree with Crystal. Uh, look, yeah. I mean, she would have been like, yeah, ranting about Kyle and then it would be like, oh, Dorit, yeah, she's a real like sack of potatoes. Like that's the kind of like. <laughs> Not a sack of potato. You know what I mean? She would have just been coming up with like. Yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, I think obviously Lisa Rinna has stretched it. And I think the other thing that we have to add into this mix as well was that um, of the Bravo Instagram fan universe, Christian Grey Snow came out saying that Lisa Rinna had been leaking things that were happening during production um, to him. Well, to all the bloggers. To like, all the bloggers. She was, a, she was an open book apparently, right? And he says that obviously he didn't know, like, what was true or not, right? So Lisa Rinna would say something to him and say, you know, such and such a thing happened. And then he would kind of obviously make a decision if that was something that he wanted to post on his Instagram or Twitter or whatever, because that's how we were getting his little tidbits. And one of the things that did come out, like, at the time was that Kathy Hilton had made a homophobic slur towards... Sutton's assistant, right? But Sutton and Kyle both came out on the after show this week saying that um, Sutton's assistant wasn't even on the trip in Aspen. So it's kind of like, why would Kathy out of nowhere start to have slur against Sutton's assistant if he's not even there? Like, it it doesn't make sense. And this is the thing. This is where obviously Rina has leaked some information and she's just throwing things out and seeing what lands like so another thing that i've been thinking about in relation to that is we know that the housewives get they usually get about two or three episodes to watch at a time before they're on air yes and and or i think it's usually like and I think because they've been filming the reunions so much sooner, they're actually getting more episodes to watch sooner so that they're prepared for the reunion. And thinking to the preview for next week, I think we're going, I think the season is going to end on people questioning Lisa Rinna and Erica and their determination to bring Kathy down. Like I think it's it's going to end with whatever's going on right now sort of backfiring on Lisa. And I think that she has been aware of that. And remember how last week we were talking about how particularly Beverly Hills, there's so many things that are happening on social media at the same, like this sort of parallel stories that are going on. We've been watching Rinna kind of really breaking down on social media and like she's you know loopy so off the back of this stuff she unfollowed and blocked like every bravo account that she you know was connected to and things like that and i think it's because she knows what's coming she knows that she's going to be in a bad light and i think that's part of where her anger has been with bravo right like for you is it all starting to to click and make a bit of sense that like this is why she posted all those things. This is why she's kind of been cracking the shits. This is why she removed that she's a housewife, like, from her bio. Like, this is part of why she's been having this real up and down because she knows what's coming. Yeah, definitely. And 
and that's the thing. And I think as it, it has gone on as well, the the bet of you know trying to take down Kathy Hilton has not paid off, and it clearly did not pay off for her while they were filming because obviously you know like I think there is this shifting alliance that happens, and it also hasn't changed anything while it's airing because literally everyone is like everyone is like Kathy Hilton could have been racist homophobic and all the rest of it but somehow we are all still on her side here right <laughs> that is how like divisive Lisa Rinna has become as a villain because that's the thing look I've seen some you know people saying you know without Lisa Rinna there would be no movement in the storyline. You know, she's the one that's pushing things along and all the rest of it. And, like, you got to give kudos where kudos is due. Give her another season where she can be the ultimate villain and, like, let her just wreak havoc because that's what this show needs. Like, there are people out there with that school of thought. I don't believe that that's... I don't believe that she is the only person who does that. I think we've seen Garcelle do that really, really well. I'm really enjoying when Sutton is not in the firing line, Sutton is pushing the conversations along and pushing the drama along. Um, I guess the other side of this is like in terms of what's running parallel, we've spoken a lot about this, how we're constantly getting access to deleted scenes or scenes that didn't make the show. And there was one from Crystal's birthday party this that happened and it's like Eric it's after Erica leaves and it's um Crystal Garcelle Sutton and Dorit and the girls are saying to Dorit that they want that the girls need to like Dorit admit that there is like this click like we know that there's a click but that they were saying that it is really hard for them to want to even get into discussions when they're met with whether it's from Kyle or it's from Erica they're met with such venom and such mistrust and nobody's willing to try to forgive and go forward with them. But then they see, you know, Kyle and Dorit or Kyle and Erica like go at each other and then like Erica just gets over it. Like there is a different way that certain people are treating other people. And I think, you know, I guess what what I think we're seeing now is like, Okay, Sutton's had her battles and we're obviously, like you said, we're not seeing Garcelle on the screen as much. Crystal is sort of just like in the background, like, you know, her eating disorder storyline, which I think was what the main storyline was going to be for Crystal. We didn't go deeper on that. But um, the camera is like square on the Fox Force 5 and I think they're just like, okay, they're not including the other women at all really in their world. So let's just watch this fox, this this group of women kind of implode on themselves. Um, I think Kyle is going to have a real come to Jesus moment next week. Um, and I think she's going to see it because a woman like, you know, even having Cherie there, but a woman like Garcelle, a woman like Sutton, a woman like Crystal, they're going to want to see the sisters repair their friendship Whereas it's really clear that Erica Jane and Vin and Rinna want that to break those sisters up again, right? And I think that having that calming presence of the other women helps in helping Kyle see the other way. So I think that that is interesting. It's going to be an interesting momentum to go into the reunion with and then to kick off the new season with as well. So, well, let's get into that in particular because I feel like that that shift with Kyle is happening in this episode as well. Yeah. 
So Kathy Hilton goes to visit Kyle at her home, um, rips a bunch of flowers out of one of her plants to hand to Kyle, which I kind of love it. <laughs> the, that whole scene, like I am a big Kathy Stan. I love her eccentricities and it's comedy gold, that scene. But Kathy Hilton is also unhinged. I <laughs> see it in that scene. So at the start, it's just Kathy and Kyle one-on-one. And Kyle has this, like, completely different, like, demeanour and, like, she's, she's even using a different tone in her voice, I feel like. It was just, it's a very interesting dynamic. We haven't really seen this sort of, like, the sisters are feuding but willing to talk to each other in, like, the history of this show, right? I really loved how Kathy apologised for her behaviour. I do think it's because Dorit called her up the day before and was like, listen, if you keep this going, it's not going to end well for you, right? Because that's Dorit gave her the Housewives 101, right? If you want to stop this conversation, you got to, like, apologise and everyone can move on and that's the end of it. Or if you refuse to address it, it's just going to, like, keep keep lingering until somebody, like, finally, like, solves it, right? So I think she came with a different mentality to perhaps what she was thinking previously. Um, but I just love how she was just... I honestly felt it was a genuine apology. I think that she had actually thought about her behaviour and was actually quite embarrassed by what had happened because I, that's not the Kathy I think she wants people to know. So there's two sides to it for me. One is, and I think I've always mentioned this on this show, if you want to see who the real Kathy Hilton is, watch Paris and Love, that reality show, because Kathy is a monster. Like she truly, I, I do believe at her core that she can be a really nasty person. But that whole scene, like Patricia, it's like something out of like psycho. Like she drives in, you can almost hear her like she's singing to herself. Like she, it's all whimsical. Like she breaks off, like imagine like breaking somebody's plant and giving it to them as an apology. And she's also like, so I am here to apologize. Like she's acting. Okay. No, no she does that. All put on. She does that like that. Howdy, partner. I'm I'm just coming here for the for the Ponderosa. Like the like she's in character. You know, it's one of Kathy's voices. It's like we know Kathy the dentist. We know Kathy the little baby girl. Like we know we're seeing another, we're seeing those like those moments of her eccentricity where this is her putting on a facade. And I think you're absolutely right. Like Dorit did tell her what's up, but she's just been produced. And I do think, though, that she genuinely did want to squash the beef with um, Kyle because I agree with you that she does know that she behaved badly and I think she's using comedy there um, as a way to, yeah, to get that empathy from Kyle. But I'm keen to know about how you felt once Rinna entered the chat. This is the difficult thing for me, right? Because I think Kathy and Kyle one-on-one were able to actually resolve. Yeah. They were able to actually like be like, you know, I'm apologizing for this. You know, I, I didn't mean what I said. I was really like out of line saying it, right? Then Rina comes in. And I think honestly, Rina thought that 
I mean, either she thought that they hadn't had that conversation yet, or she assumed that the conversation between Kathy and Kyle was going to go badly, right? So she came in with already an idea in her head. And I don't think that she was expecting the Kathy to be, you know, apologetic, to be acknowledging what happened. I think she was expecting Kathy to sort of pretend that nothing happened, pretend nothing was said. But instead, Kathy was like, listen, like, yeah, I said some messed up stuff. I'm not proud of what I said. You know, I'm sorry that, you know, you had to go through that. It's not, I'm not proud of my behavior. I'm not proud of what I said, you know, and I'm going to do better. Which is actually, like, in terms of a housewife's apology, that is that had more, like... It was an actual apology. <laughs> yes. It had more thought. It had, like, more substance, like, than any other housewife apology, like, in history, right? They don't apologize. They always say, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that I said that about you. I'm sorry that you're so offended by everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Said, like, you know. Non-apology apologies. Right, and then, and then obviously for Kathy to then throw it back into Lisa Rinna's face and sort of say, "Well, like you know what? Yeah, I said some unkind things, but like I'm I'm in good company here, right? Like you're yep. just as unkind as I am too." And because she's got at the back of her mind Lisa Rinna smashing the glass in Amsterdam, and she's got Lisa Rinna screaming at you know. Sutton and you know breaking down in front of everyone and all the rest of it she's like well why how is my behavior any worse than yours and I think the other thing in all of this too is this whole Lisa Rinna does not want to be silenced and we've seen this before right Lisa Rinna her dad always like didn't let her have a voice and now she's like always when somebody tells her to be quiet or not to talk she can't handle the injustice of it all and all the rest of it right and Kathy Hilton being like, hey, I did some pretty bad stuff, but, like, let's not talk about it because, like, I think it's going to, like, make people more upset than they need to be. Like, I'm going to, like, just keep it under my belt. Like, I would suggest you do the same. That's not trying to silence Lisa Rinna. And I don't think Lisa Rinna was being silenced at all because she clearly perpetuated the stories. Perpetuated. Mm-hmm. And... Like, Kathy is also willing to talk about it. She just sort of was like, I don't think it's a good idea to. I think you nailed it. Um, personally, I like the fact that Rinna didn't know what had been said because she did just come off looking like Boo Boo the Fool. I thought her attempts to therapize Kathy oh. came across so disingenuine. And, I mean, in terms of the narrative and the agenda that I have personally as part of H&On and as a Housewives fan, it played right into the demise of Lisa Rinna. She overacted. She went too far because she didn't know that these sisters had, like, kind of patched things up. So that was actually comedic to me. Um, But anytime Lisa Rinna becomes more self-righteous, like, she just... She has that selective amnesia because she truly forgets about all the horrible things that she's done. And what I love is that the world does not forget. And these images are being put on memes left, right, and center. The North remembers. That's a Game of Thrones quote. <laughs> but, like, yeah, we always remember. Like, Lisa Rinna, come on. Come on, sweetheart. 
And like, who? No one wants to. No one wants to sit through a therapy session led by Lisa Rinna either. Like, I just, I don't get why. Like, that's not even a normal conversation that you would have with a friend. Like, no. it's just, it's a very. I don't know. It was just weird to watch all of that, you know? And like, the whole thing was weird. I agree with you. Because I think that was the weirdest part for me out of all of it was, especially when like Lisa Rinna was like, you said some like crazy shit. You really need to like reflect and figure out like why you say those things and all the rest of it. Like you're allowed to have a a moment where you you throw a tantrum. Like blind rage. Yeah. Yeah. You cuss your friends out. You know, because we all do it, right? I'm gonna hang up this, like, you know, hey, podcast you, today. I hope you. And I'm gonna cuss you out. I'm gonna be like, me out. <laughs> I mean, Mamoshi, she's stupid. She's a waste of my time and all the rest of it. There you. But it's not because I had some childhood trauma that informs that behavior. It's just I'm having a bad day and I just need to cut someone out. Wow. The way, like, you have used Housewives to absolve yourself of the cussing of me out. I don't know how I feel about that. I might need some therapy. Question for you. How did you feel when Kathy Hilton then broke down about her friend who is dying from cancer? Uh, again, I mean, I think it, it informed why Kathy was so off her game. Like you, you've been you calling it that, that, right? I a hundred percent believe it because you know what? It makes a lot of sense. You know how you said Kathy, like she was being weird in Aspen. She was not dressed how she usually does. And what did I say to you? You know, she said to Kyle, she felt like Kyle had been picking on her. And I said that to you, Kyle was picking on her constantly calling out her fashions, all those things were adding up, adding up, adding up, adding up. Sorry. I and just totally validated. Obviously we don't know who this friend is. She doesn't say who it is, right? But it, it could have been that she was with this friend in New York who was obviously, you know, in their final stages of life, which would be an extremely upsetting thing of a friend of 30 years to see them like that. And then she's had to come on this trip She's probably just an emotional wreck, and I, I believe it. I like. I don't. I don't think Kathy's making that up. Like mm. after watching how genuine that apology is, I don't believe that she's making any of the rest of it up. No, I. I think. Look, there were definitely moments of sincerity, but for me, the setup is a bit corked. Like when she goes into that like eccentric realm and starts to do the hee-hee-hees, I can't deal with it. Like I love it. But there's a time and a place for it. For me, it's like she is unhinged, but she's just not as unhinged as Rina. Oops. But I think at the end of the day, I, I I get it because I'm also probably that person that would be making jokes in a serious situation. That you know, and I and I think it is almost like it's a socialite thing as well. Like the how she leaves Kyle's house and then starts talking about how her gardener's done a really nice job of the flowers at the front, like. It's just this thing where you kind of like I don't know. It's like, what, what's that called when you like you you coping mechanism? Yeah, but there's another one where you kind of like you disengage. Well, you're not disengaging. Disassociate. You, yeah, she disassociates. Right, she leaves whatever happens in the house in the house, and then she walks out, and she's back to being like a bimbo. Like, oh, like how great are these flowers? Like, it's it's weird to watch. I agree, but I think it's just it's a way of just you know. But it speaks to like how manipulative 
but everybody is in I mean at the end of the day all of these women are trash but some people are just trashier than others well, but I, it I takes do... a certain person to end up on these shows right and speaking of certain people that end up on these shows Elton John made an appearance well she had to prove her worth didn't she Diana <laughs> Jenkins I mean she's coming in I have to admit the last couple of episodes when she's been on I've enjoyed her but she's a friend of and we all need to acknowledge that she did not deserve any sort of diamond i i think though this is the same thing I, i'm gonna have to say her name boshi teddy mellencamp oh. she was brought on the show because they thought we were gonna get john mellencamp and we never did that's john cougar mellencamp to you sunny jim <laughs> I, I mean, look, I don't know the Mellon Camps other than Teddy from the show. But, you know, that was the same thing. They 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 were like, she's going to bring her dad. Like, this is going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And it never happened. And Diana as well. I feel like she probably dangled the, the Elton John connection and they thought, oh, my God, imagine if we got Elton John on the show and all we got was a FaceTime where they just kind of, like, told each other they loved each other. I'm like... I don't know. It's all Can bit... I tell you, though, things that I have liked about Diana from the beginning into this episode is her honesty. I did like that she, you know, says that she's nouveau riche. I do, I do like that she basically, like, called out the reason Billie Jean didn't get paid or the reason they weren't getting their drinks at the club is you got to tip the staff, man, play the game. And I think she did make a point when she says things like, you know, this is like the game. Like Kathy, no, oh, that was that interesting part was when she was talking and Erica was sitting next to her and she was saying, like, Kathy was born into the game. And Erica Jane had to say she married into the game. And then she said, We all married into the game. And I was like, mm-hmm. Interesting. Not all of you did. But um, yeah, but I I one of the things that I for all of Aspen that is still not sitting well with me is that I kind of agree with Diana like Kathy is someone who should know the game and to me Kathy not knowing the game means like she was perhaps set up a little bit and that's where I think like Kyle didn't do her due diligence I'll, I'm that's like a H&N hill I'm prepared to die on I think though that like there are different games that you can be playing. And I, I don't believe that Kathy Hilton understands the nightclub code. I, I think she understands how to be a rich white woman and get what you want. And that's the game that Diana is talking about. But I think Kathy could do it in a different setting, like in the, a hotel. Like she would know the game that you need to play to get a certain level of service. But then this is why I'm thinking that I feel like, like even I'm, I'm like Kathy's fashions in non-fashions, I should say, in Aspen are not making sense for me. And it's not like I'm expecting her to be the most fashionable woman, but things were just not mathing. Like the math wasn't mathing for me. And I do feel that she wasn't fully told what was going on because she has assistants, she has people, like stuff wasn't making sense. So I still feel that I don't think she got the brief for Aspen correctly. And that was the moment that things started going wrong. Yeah. That's the well, anyway. Next week's the last episode of the season. We are getting to the climax, baby. How many episodes do you think the reunion is going to be? I thought I think it's going to be three, only because there's so many women. 
Yeah, I really hope that we're done with four-part reunions. Oh, 100%. Well, Moshi, as you said, it was an important week this week. We had the first episode of Season 3 of Real Housewives of the Salt Lake City. We are back. Well, we're not completely back just yet because, Moshi, where were the taglines? But isn't this a theme that we're seeing that we don't get taglines on the first episode and then we'll get them tomorrow morning when this goes to air um, and they'll be in for next week? We, I think this has happened with almost every season. For Salt Lake City or in general, you're saying? The franchises in general. Not always. I think it depends sometimes. But I guess in lieu of the taglines, we got this, like, flashback right to season one confessionals yes where which was setting the scene right it was whitney and heather you know talking about how strong their relationship is it was lisa and meredith talking about how they trust one another it was jen talking about how she does her marketing and how rich she is money and how rich she is it is so wild to me that a franchise that is only on its third season in really two years, two and a bit years, it has only had, like, in total, I think it's probably, like, 30 episodes all up and friendships of years ruined. Somebody is already going to jail, is a criminal. Like, Salt Lake City is doing too much too soon. It's going to burn out. There's no way it can sustain this level of insanity. Washi, you said the same thing last season, Salt Lake City, I feel. Like we were just like, where do these women go? And honestly, you know where I think this is going? The bin. Murder. I think my prediction, I'm making a prediction, Washi. No. You can't. You can't. Don't even speak it into the universe. That's not a good thing to speak into the universe. I truly do not believe that all the women make it out of this season. (laughs) So, like, I I do feel like Salt Lake City is giving true crime vibes. If not murder, all I'll say is that somebody does die at the end. Like, not everyone. The the cast we start with and the cast we end with are two different casts like i just i i don't see how we can not have a murder at this point i see so you think murder i don't necessarily think it's going to be a jail. murder but uh, I someone is going to jail and it's not jen shah that's all i have to say i think there might i can see a death and i'm not laughing about it it's dying i mean don't I, speak into it i don't want to speak into existence like now that you've got this like true crime thing in my head it's stuck in my head and you know I have my predictions and like my little you know I'm in touch with my seventh eye my eighth eye my ninth eye my tenth eye like I'm starting to feel some psychic connections shine 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 and the what the angels are telling me is not good Patrizio well what are the angels what are you and the angels no I'm not I don't want it recorded I don't want this what are your predictions for this season like what have you what are your first impressions like what 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 are you thinking at this point well just in general like I don't think any of these women like each other and for me 
I think that this is going to be a nothing season. I think the one of the issues that I have with Salt Lake City is that this is too many housewife fans on a show. They've done too much too soon. And I think it's going to fizzle out. I think, you know, you know, we're going to get more of Lisa trying to be friends with everyone. We're going to get Meredith faking that she lives in Salt Lake. Everything about Meredith is fake, man. Like at this point, um, I think Jen's just going to continue to be insane, like delusional. Um, Heather, she's just going to keep being sad and we <laughs> is going like, I mean, that's her whole thing is she's just sad and like she's, you know, trying to hook up with someone. That's her love life's not happening. The Mormon church isn't happening. Like all of these things. Same old, same old. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Beauty Lab and Laser is going to be kicking goals. Like she's a fucking, she's the only person who has a legitimate business on that whole show. Facts. Um, And Whitney is just going to continue to like have sex with her husband everywhere. Like, I mean, we're just going to continue to see great boob jobs. They all have fabulous boob jobs, that I will say. Yeah, like Whitney's titties, they've been, they've been amazing. They've been lifted, they've been inflated, they've just, they're perky. I will say just from a balanced perspective, I would like to see Whitney with a BBL. I don't think she's that far off. Patricio, she is. She's pancaked, babes. Like, no, and that's I, I'm not that thing. far off from getting one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, no, I think she, like, only from a proportions perspective, like I think, I mean, she looks, she's got a fabulous body and she's so fit and she's so healthy. Um, but just from like my own perverse aesthetics, I'd love to see her with a little donkey booty. Get Faye. You know what I want to see on Salt Lake City? I just want to see Phaedra dropped in the way she was dropped into Dubai. I just want randomly, like, who is Phaedra going to be friends with? Like, it has to be, like, super, like, not what you're expecting. Like, merit, like, I would love to, I would love it if just, like, like Phaedra just jumps on a FaceTime with one of the ladies. No, or like it's with Seth. Like something <laughs> No, you know what it would be? It'll be like Phaedra is just like walking down the street following <laughs> City. And oh. you know who sees her? Heather. And Heather because she's a fan. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I just want Phaedra. I want Phaedra in every franchise. Just like sneak her in there. But Phaedra in Salt Lake City would be amazing. Well, I mean, look, we can dream of Ashi. Like, these are the things that I want to speak into existence. And I, I, I think this is the this is my problem. I, what exactly what you just said? Like, this season is going to go nowhere, and it's unfortunately relying too hard on Jen Shah, right? Because it's all about you know going to trial. And then we know that her trial's pushed back. So then there's, like, obviously they had to, like, keep filming. And then she is obviously going to claim innocence this entire season until the moment where she goes to court and obviously changes her plea to guilty, right? But, yes, but then the other element that the show is hinging on is how is Lisa Barlow going to get out of 
the rant that shook the the universe last season and her deplorable behavior at the reunion. Like, I mean, look, if there's one person who backs herself more than anyone, it is Miss Lisa Barlow. Um, and she's determined to put in the work, but it is just cringe for me to watch her. I know everybody loves her, but I just don't get it. She's a caricature. She's not real to me. Yeah, I mean, that opening scene where she's, like, talking to her husband. With her big gulp. I was just, it was, it was scripted. Well, that and that's it. Like, to me, she's a meme. Like, she's just a walking meme. Everything about her is scripted. But at the same time, I also think that everything that Jen does is scripted. She just does it better. Um, Meredith has no idea how to have a normal conversation at all. Um, you know, like all these, like I, I will say Whitney and Heather are good for like real combos, but like I just don't understand this show. It's it's fizzing, fizzling right before our eyes. I do kind of love the fact that Meredith is ready to mention it all. She okay. wants revenge on Lisa Barlow. And when I say revenge, I, I like, I wrote this down. I was like, revenge. Meredith is getting revenge. And then you know what I thought of? The ABC show, Revenge. Yeah. Meredith reminds me of the mother. I think I said that in, like, the very first. Play thing. back the tapes. <laughs> but, but I want to cast your mind back to season two. Meredith starts every season out for revenge now. Because this is exactly what she was like with Jen Shah. And look at them now. Bosom buddies, literally. Well, you know what? When you were saying before, Lisa Barlow, how is she going to get out of this, like, rant that she went on? I was like, Moshi, it's going to be wrapped up by episode four. Like, everyone's just going to forget that it happened. Everyone's going to move on. It's going to be a non-issue. And that's the problem, that there's things are going to happen and it's just going to be nothing. And you know what the worst thing about it is that that rant, like Lisa cracking the shits that much, that that was like the most realest thing she's ever done. And now she's on this apology tour. And it was probably like the ultimate, like rather than apologizing, she should be using it to call out the bullshit, like call out the fakeness, like lean into that. Own it. Own it. <laughs> I hate Lisa Rinna. But, like, yeah, she should be, like, literally capitalising off of that to call out the bullshit because, like, I just love, like, you know, these girls, they go to the pool, Jen and, and Meredith, and it's fake rumours. Oh, did you hear a rumor? Oh, yeah, I've heard that rumour. Like, lies, all of it. I can't deal with it. I do I like seeing Heather Horny, though. <laughs> Did you, I saw a thing today on Instagram as well. And it was like, how did Meredith manage to find the bathing suit, like replica of the blazer that she always wears? <laughs> because they're all Kristen Cowan. Like she, they're all the same designer, I think. Oh, or maybe okay. that one was like um, Versace. Um, yeah, I mean, Meredith does do that thing, right? Where she's like, is Lisa bankrupt? 
I don't know. Maybe she's, maybe she's not. Like, what what does bankrupt mean? Does it mean that you have no money in your bank account? Does Lisa have no money in her bank account? Who can be sure? Like, it's all just like. What does, what does Seth do? What does John do? Like, it's all speculative bullshit. And she's, it's, it comes from the fact that she's a lawyer, right? Like. <laughs> um, but you know what? I mean, Gina Liano, oh, Real Housewives of Melbourne, also a lawyer. It can make for a great housewife when used correctly. I agree. But again, she's not using, we're not even like in her store, in Meredith's store anymore. Like, what does Meredith do? You know what I mean? Like, she I'm moves serious. house every six months. Every six months because she doesn't really live there. But you know what? That's a full time job to have to pack the house, then to have to move, then to have to <laughs> unpack the house. And by the time you finish unpacking, you've got to move again. All of the furniture comes with the houses, they never ship their own furniture. Um, yeah, but like her clothes and her plates and like. No. No, 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 no. It's all already there. I'm telling you. Did I have like. You know, the groceries. That's why Seth was bringing ramen noodles. They have never been to the supermarket. He didn't even probably go to the right one. Do you think that they've got like on like the, on the, on the console table in the entryway, they've got a photo and it's just like a stock photo of like someone's grandparents. Like, it's just like, there's Why not do you even. Think there's even a console table <laughs> in the entryway. You are giving these people way more than what they have. Um, so the main event of this episode was Coach Shah's 51st birthday. Harlem Nights themed. Brooklyn Nights. Do you get that joke? I'm really curious about whether or not you understand what the Brooklyn Nights joke is. Look, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Okay, so you don't get the Brooklyn Nights. Do I get the Brooklyn Nights? Does Moshi get the Brooklyn Nights? Does Meredith get the Brooklyn Nights? Uh, I don't know. Bush <laughs> Meredith marks me, okay? Like, the Brooklyn Nights, it's like, it's a sports it's sports ball. It's the name it, of a team, but a very a, old. It doesn't. It doesn't exist anymore. Is it a reference to understand? Perhaps it's not. Perhaps it is. Who can be sure? Will I understand it? Do you understand the Harlem Knights reference? <laughs> Harlem Knights, Brooklyn Knights. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if there is one thing that I recommend that you do do, it's watch Harlem Knights. It's a fabulous movie. He's not streaming on something. It's actually really funny. You like it. So this is the evil part of this whole Harlem Nights birthday party. First of all, I just want to make a, a quick side note: the fact that Coach Sharp is like to Jen, "I really hope none of these women like bring up the bad blood between them at my birthday party because this is like a celebration." It's like, dude, do you get it? Like you're on a show you with them. Like, they are. That's they're paid to fight each other. So. No. But Coach Shah has a reputation as being that guy, right? So that's his brand. He has to say those things. Well, his brand is supporting someone who is an alleged criminal. Well, actually, she pled guilty, so she's an actual criminal. But can I just say, in that conversation that Jen and Coach Shah were having where he was, like, talking to her about all the things that she has to get together, it reminded me also a former attorney. He was coming from the lawyer angle. I just, I would really love to understand what his motivation is with staying her, with her at this point. 
love Patrizio. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know, Moshi. You can love someone and then you find out that they've done something so egregious that I just I don't know how you could look at that person the same way again. I mean, talk to Erica Girardi. I I I agree with you. Like the math ain't mapping, something else is going on. Like, but I also think that Coach Shah is probably Maybe he's not as good as we think he is. Perhaps. But I do want to talk about the fraud that occurred on this episode. <laughs> Go on. Which was that Jen Shah knew that Angie Kay was so thirsty to get on this show that she would pay for an entire birthday party and host it at her house for Jen Shah. Like, Jen Shah did not pay for any of this. Angie Kay put it all up for her. Well, and that's how she told her she would get on the show. I know, and that's what, and that's fraud. It's not fraud. It's smart. It's it's manipulative. It's, li- but it's what these women it's do. Fine. If you are a woman of a certain stature, you throw parties. Crystal has done it. Jen Shah did it in the first episode. She threw Meredith an eighty k birthday party. Actually, you're not getting what I'm throwing down. What I'm just saying is that, like, this is the Jen Shah. This is the manipulator. She is using the people in her life to get what she needs. I mean, just in the same way that you cuss me out, I too am using you to get what I need. A podcast. But, but now we said it. Well, now we've said it. <laughs> um, and obviously at this birthday party, Lisa Barlow talks with Seth. She talks with everyone. <laughs> I I mean, look, were the tears real? Like what I think the tears were real in the sense that she realized that she wasn't getting what she wanted and it was falling apart quickly. But she also did it right, be- like, literally behind Meredith's back. Like, Meredith is there and she starts having the combo with Seth, like, right behind Meredith after she's just asked Meredith if they can have time to have a talk. The whole thing was cringe. It was awkward, but that's what we like to see. We do like to see that aspect. What I was missing from the Harlem Nights party, though, was... More black people. And by black people, I mean Miriam Cosby. <laughs> I, I miss her. I I mean, look, this would have been... I want to know what, would, what, she, would, she, what she, would she have worn? Yes, this is the yeah, thing. I, I, like, what I, you know what I want is I want Mary to just tell us, like, on her Instagram... She, I want me, I want us to watch it with her. I want Mary to do a live while she's watching. <laughs> Not the live. Well, no, that's giving her. Beverly from New Jersey. I don't give, but it'll be so interesting. I want her to tell us what she would have worn on the episodes. Like I will subscribe to that OnlyFans. Okay, so like in the real real reality universe, um, RuPaul's Drag Race, 
You know how, like, the eliminated queens each week post a photo of them in the outfit that they would have worn for that week, that week's runway theme? That's what Maybe I want. Mary, she needs to, to highlight. She needs to do a whole photo shoot. This is what I would have worn to Harlem Nights. This is what I would have worn to the freaky underwear party. Like, well, I, I would have, like, I want to know. This is what I would have worn to lunch with Heather. Like, I want everything. I still want Mary to be part of the show even if she's not part of the show. <laughs> I would even, like, put, she needs, like, a two, two peas in a pod, like, podcast. <laughs> Should we get, well, she has a podcast, remember? <laughs> that, that, that no one has ever been able to find. We need to get her on this podcast. Imagine from the lower level with Maryam Cosby. <laughs> I see it for us. Chaos. That's what I see. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really would have liked to have seen what Mary would have worn. I would have liked to have seen what she would have worn. I would have liked to have seen her mumbling about the people at the party as well. Like, Did you see that Heather Gay also tweeted that she's missing Mary? Because this is the thing with housewives. you got to have the one jester in the court. <laughs> and Mary M. Cosby was the jester. The- <laughs> Boo-boo the Fool, I love it. Yes, who's Boo-boo the Fool this season? There's no one. At, um, Whitney. It's always Whitney for me. <laughs> I mean, she is, you know, she is giving bimbo airhead realness. <laughs> Boots down. Yes. <laughs> Slay. Slay. <laughs> um, okay, look, look, I'm happy they're back on our screens. I will feel happier once I think we have Potomac next week. Next week, oh. rounding it out. I, I don't know. It's not until it's week probably after. another two or three weeks, mid oh, to late October. I don't know if I can wait that long, but cannot wait to see how for people to see how it's really done. And that's the thing. I think, unfortunately, Salt Lake City is up against big competition. Sorry, it's the 9th of October. It's dropping. It is sooner than I thought. It's two weeks. We can do that. We can do that. Well, Moshi, I think that brings us to the end of yet another episode. I know. It's been great chatting housewives with you this week. It's great curating the content with you on the Instagrams at From the Lower Level Pod. Um, and please, dear listeners, remember to rate, review, and subscribe so more people can jump, join the conversation, and be part of this journey with us. Moshi, as always, we do it all again this time next week. <laughs> <laughs>